cliffcentral.com. Two, one, two, three, four. Hey, yo, yo. I'm a couch potato. Oh, and I'm proud to say so. Oh, and I ain't gonna change. I ain't gonna change. Jacoby, wow, what a cool song, Couch Potato on CliffCentral.com. Hey, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday at 9 o'clock, and you're listening to Andrew Levy and... Uh, Rory Sang Shabala. Dumelang, Rory. Dumela Andrew Levy. All right, so we're new on the slot at Wednesday at 9, and this show really is about the heart. It's about issues uh, that are facing us around the world and in our country um, there, you know, there's a difference between what's reported and the story, right? Yeah. If 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 you don't know, you should listen to to the to the show. Listen to the podcast from last week's show, <laughs> <laughs> where we <laughs> talked about media bias. But yeah. but I think you know the, the journalists report on the facts, uh, the figures, and and sometimes get some of the, the 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 main characters. But we really want to look at what is the heart saying about these issues. Uh, what's going on here? And I'm pointing to my heart. Yeah. Well, what's the texture of, of the story? And, and, uh, I think it's, it's still important to also say that there is a difference between what's reported and what the story is. Uh, if, if, if you listened to, to, to the, the show last week on media bias, you would have heard, uh, Chris Vick say people are more concerned about horse meat in their McDonald's burgers. Uh, and are not concerned about the horse shit that goes into the Sunday Times. <laughs> so, so, so it, it's important for us to then look at the stories from a number of different angles and get to the heart of the matter, as you say. It's funny you talk about horse meat. You saw that KFC chicken uh, debacle going on in Bramfontein on the weekend. We also want you to bring in your voices um, to the show. Tweet us, WeChat us, call us, uh, Skype us, all those things are available. All you need to do is search cliffcentral.com uh, on any of those platforms and you can have your say 0861555189 as well. I must apologize, Rory. My voice isn't, isn't better. Why are you apologizing? No, because your it's part? not nice sometimes to hear this when you're like in your car. What have at, you been doing work. though? How are you not well? You know, I'm over soup and we're not even in the third day of, of winter. I've had soup. You know, you know, an interesting story that came up, um, this past week was of, of a man who unfortunately got raped in, in Port Elizabeth. Mm. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's allegations that his semen, they wanted his semen. They were harvesting his semen for muti. Uh, so maybe, uh, <laughs> he's saying that people I, I are harvesting know. my semen. Eh? No, 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 no. I'm saying that, uh, maybe a little bit of semen in your tea in the morning might just, oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know where you went from there. <laughs> Some other stories interesting, uh, that, that, that I picked up. George Luca dying. Um, now this of course is the guy that was the only witness to Radovan Kreitscher killing Lolly Jackson, which basically means the Kreitscher man is going free. He's going to go home. He's going to go home. Yeah, does he want to go home? I mean, the guy... Bedford View's w- waiting for him. With man. the types of friends that the guy has managed to rack up, uh, I- I'm not sure I'd want to go home. I think I'm safest, in fact, in prison <laughs> next door to, to Oscar Pistorius. Well, his best know? friends, they play soccer now, which Absolutely. is great, you know? So, I mean, you know, the A-listers of C-Max. Talking about another A-lister, Muzi Maimane, he, uh, he won uh, the DA uh, vote to be the leader with a landslide 89% supermajority. That's more than Tawombeki won in the national elections in 2004 mm. uh, with 70%. We know DA didn't like that at all. Mm. So do we have a dictator in the DA now? Oh well, look, uh, they they set him up nicely by announcing this thing about two, or, or Helen Ziller announcing her retirement about two weeks uh, before the election. So 
It was a good setup. I think it's. Uh, I, I, in fact, believe that Wilmot James ran just to just to show that, uh, just to keep the story alive, just to and show, to there, show was that there is else, democracy. Eh? Yeah, I think I think that's why he ran. It was it was definitely set up for him. Wilmot James has always been um, on the side of Helen Zilla, uh, for according to me. So she would have probably whispered in his ear way before that. Look, I'm, I'm planning on retiring. This didn't catch him by surprise. Uh, Musi was always being set up to be the next leader of the D. Yeah. Interesting enough, a lot of articles uh, have been written about um, uh, Musi. Some of them are very for him, and, and some some a little bit uh, questionable. You know, Gareth van Onselen has said that Musi hasn't actually held one post for its entire term uh, since he started politics. You remember he was uh, the okay. official opposition uh, in Johannesburg. Then he went to Parliament. Then he went here. Then he went there. Now he's the head of Deer. Ah, oh, Gareth. Gareth. Gareth must get over it, man. I mean, uh, if you're good, you're good, right? So <laughs> if you're being promoted every hundred days, then uh, that 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 shows how good you are. Although, look, he he's got a point. You know, has this guy gained enough experience to lead a party of the Deer? I mean, there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders now. He needs to lead fundraising, um, which is a very Big function. He needs to go and create relationships with all of these fund with, with all the funders, get them on board. He needs to, of course, lead not just in parliament now, but all across the different constituencies. He needs to lead all the whites. Yeah. <laughs> well, he needs to. He needs to lead all the whites, and he needs he needs to lead all the blacks into the DA as well. Mm. So this guy has got. I mean, look, he's either been set up for uh, an amazing success. Or he's been set up for failure. You look at uh, CNN calling him the Obama of South Africa. Uh, Obama, you remember when he went in, there was hope and everybody believed and, you know, this guy's going to turn things around. And then the harsh reality started sinking in. You know, it's, it's not as easy as an election campaign to run an entire institution. CNN just thinks all black people look the same. All right. And then the other, the <laughs> other big one is, um, of course, Soweto residents. They're saying that they don't want to pay, uh, the four billion rand outstanding debt owed to, to ESCOM. That's out of eight billion rand. Four billion is from Soweto, which has a population of two million people in it. What are your thoughts on this? Why isn't Soweto's own municipality? Honestly, I mean, why? Why? I mean, the eight billion is owed. Of the the eight billion rand is owed to Eskom. Four billion is owed by all municipalities, all other municipalities, not towns, not townships, all municipalities. And then the Soweto on its own. Which owns four billion, which 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 is accountable for four billion of that debt. So, in the first instance, perhaps Soweto needs we need to consider why Soweto is or is not uh, its own municipality. But then, I mean, there's there's this issue of then who pays? Who who should subsidize two million people? You know, it's 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 it for me it's 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 complex. The interesting thing about uh, Soweto. You can hear my voice going. Uh, it's uh, it for me about Soweto, this idea of, uh, you know, Kazimakasi, I think mm. you said, which is kings of the kings, you mm. know, like, are they the king of townships or are they the spoiled brats? You know, like people go out, they, um, they'll go, you know, like electricity goes out in townships across Johannesburg all the time and no one says anything about it. You know, like people complain, but it's not a big thing. Now the Swedens want apologies from ESCOM about their power outage on Friday and Saturday. That's a, it's, it's a, it's a good question to, to ask to say, is Soweto, uh, leading in terms of, you know, fighting for the, for the, uh, for, for townships or, 
or is it is it being a spoiled brat? I think there's a there's a sense in which you you feel that Soweto is 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 leading the charge. They're not going to sit sit still. They're going to take this up. They are not going to be passive about this. They're going to be active, um, and and maybe they're leading the way for other townships to say this is how you should deal with this. You shouldn't just take it lying down. Um, on the other hand, uh, there, there's a there's a sense in which one might say, well, they're being spoiled brats. If everybody has to pay, why 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 should they be excluded from paying when everybody else has to pay? So. Um, those are the two. Those are two sides of the coin. And, you know, if if they are gasilamagasi, then they're definitely showing it by leading, showing other townships that we should not take this lying down. But if they're the spoiled brats, then they're saying no. We deserve a different treatment to all the other townships. We should use electricity, and we should not have to pay for it. So, topic of today's uh, amazing uh, story is Soweto, Kasi Lamakasi, or spoiled brats of SA townships. What are your thoughts? Tweet us, uh, WeChat us, phone us, 0861555189. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Muzi as well. Uh, my man, head of the DA. He's obviously a township uh, Soweto local. That's where he was born. Um, we're also going to be speaking to uh, who we got. We've got Bobo, uh, who's the secretary who's of Bobo. Bobo. Uh, All right. He's the secretary of the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee. Uh, they're the ones who've been who've been who've been taking the charge for for Soweto and the electricity thing. Now the interesting thing is they didn't just rock up last week. Mm, yeah, they they've were been, they've, been, they've been right? ages. So I mean this isn't a battle that just started. This has been going on for for ages. So it will be interesting to hear what they have to say. I mean uh, at face value we quickly rush into ah oh, Sowetans they're being spoiled brats. Why don't don't they just pay? But is there a deeper issue here? Is there something that we're not getting that maybe he can give us a better sense of? All right, we're also speaking to Brian Flongwa. He is, he's got a difficult job. He's the chief whip of uh, the ANC in Gauteng. Mm. Um, so we'll be speaking to him about what is the ANC's position on this. We saw that they wanted a protest. Uh, but then we also saw that they, you know, some people are against it and saying you must pay. ESCOM is a government-owned organization. Um, and that, and we know, you know, government is owned by... It's the ANC. Yeah, it's the ANC. Yeah, so, so, so it's basically ANC against ANC. We haven't seen this often. So this is why I'm quite excited about the story. The ANC publicly going against other ANC people. Yeah, I, I, part of me thinks they, they, they ran to take that position up before the EFF took it. Because if the EFF took it, uh, it would, it would be another notch under EFF's belt. So they, they, they had to make sure that they occupy that space. I think they're starting to learn, uh, you know, that if you don't take up the space, then the EFF is ready, willing, and able to take that space up. Uh, but the sincerity is what is, is the question that we should be asking. I mean, the ANC um, ultimately is responsible for leading the country uh, and making sure that we are sustainable. Now, if ESCOM does not get the bills paid up, uh, then that's a problem. But at the same time, it's got a constituency in Soweto that it doesn't want to upset. So how do they balance that responsibility up? And it will be interesting to ask Musi if he was in that position, because it's easy to speak, right? Oh, he's going to be there. He's going to yeah, be trying so, to do so, that. So, yeah. so, so we need to ask. So, so then, you know, what would you do? I like that. I like. It. Let's let's start at the very beginning, raw of this story. What do you know about Soweto? I mean, like, don't give me what comes to mind when you think of Soweto. I think huge, man. I think huge. I think, you know, Soweto, having come from another township, Soshangube, myself, 
Um, Soweto is always the one in the news, you know. Uh, they most of the celebrities you the see, playboys, eh? they seem to be from Soweto and so on. So there's a there's a different standard. I mean, when you read about the struggle and so on, most of it seems to have happened in Soweto, and which is not actually accurate because even June 16, if you speak to people, they'll tell you that uh, across the country there were things happening, but the Soweto story is the one that's been most told. So Soweto, I see as this crown jewel. Uh, in terms of townships, but I still see it as a township ultimately, which is, uh, uh it was, it, we, we, we shouldn't necessarily be proud of it because, uh, the township, um, came, came about as, as a result of Vervurt and, and his policies and apartheid policies, you know. So, so ultimately for us to hold on to this thing that we call township with great pride, uh, I think betrays us having, wanting to, to, to reverse the legacy of the likes of Vervurt. A lot of people claim um, Soweto heritage as well. You know, if you've lived there for for, for a, more than a day, then suddenly you've got a, a Soweto heritage within you. Um, so Soweto claims Nelson Mandela, for example. Um, Houghton also claims Nelson Mandela, apparently. <laughs> um, and Desmond Tutu, obviously. Uh, the likes of Sisulu the family was there as well. Um, and a multitude of soccer players. Ivan Koza, then uh, you've got... Bob. Look, the, the the two biggest clubs in the country are are from Soweto, you know, um, and and in addition you've got you've got um, in addition you've got uh, uh, Swallows, uh, which was which was also a big team. Look so, at so you with all your soccer Soweto. soccer knowledge. What? Oh what? What? Oh what? <laughs> all right, someone else who who comes from Soweto originally is uh, the mayor of Johannesburg. Uh, we thought we'd just give it him on the line as well, uh, Mayor Parks Taung. Uh, good morning to you, Mayor. Uh, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm okay. And how are you? So good, so good. So you you um you had your state of the city address uh, only a few days ago, where you said you were dressed by local Sowetans. You are from Soweto. You're proudly a Sowetan. What are your thoughts on what's going on there with regards to the electricity crisis at the moment? Well, I think it's important that we address the issue of metering in Soweto and also in Southern reliability of energy supply into the community of Soweto. Uh, as expressed by uh, the city, we were concerned about uh, the 10-hour outage the Soweto experienced on Friday uh, that was followed with load shedding on Saturday morning. Uh, that indicated that uh, there's a challenge with regards to the reliability of energy supply into Soweto, and uh, it's a problem that the community of Soweto continues to suffer. In every winter month, that notwithstanding, we believe that it's important that ESCOM uh, is enabled to install their meters and they are able to continue transacting with the community. Uh, Mr. Mayor, how would you, how would you then answer people who say, but you promised us free electricity, uh, in 1994? Um, a lot of the anger seems to be swelling from this thing that, uh, promises were implied or made, um, and that people now have a right to stand up and demand that those promises be, de- be delivered. Is the ANC going back on its electoral promises? Not at all. We committed ourselves to three basic services, and basic services mean that there's a cap to the amount of energy that's provided to every household, in as much as there's a cap to the amount of free basic water that's provided. If you consume more than that, uh, then you'd have to pay for the additional services. What we've done as a city of services 
is in fact to extend it by uh, adopting what we call the expanded social package that enables us to do an assessment of the income and the number of people in the household. And on the basis of doing a detailed assessment, we're able to increase the amount of energy and water that we provide into individual households. Uh, and and this is not only to those that are completely independent, there are also people who have lower income that can apply that would be able to receive a particular amount of services. So there's no doubt that we, as a city, remain committed to providing free basic services to our community. Mayor, just very quickly, I know you, you don't have a lot of time because you're in all sorts of committees. Um, is there is there a bit of a rift within the ANC regarding this issue of electricity to to Soweto? I mean, you've said in some statements that uh, you don't believe your former neighbours should be allowed to pay a flat rate for electricity because it'll lead to abuse. Um, you know, a lot of people saying in the, within the ANC um, locally are saying that these prepaid meters need to go because we're getting charged way too much. Is there some kind of rift within the ANC right now about this issue? Well, I had a meeting with ESCOM on Monday at which we discussed the ESCOM tariff structure uh, that is actually different from the city power tariff structure, and we urged ESCOM to review their tariff structure to be closer, if, if not match the city of Soto's tariff structure. And, and because it works on an inclining block tariff system, it says that if you consume a particular amount of energy, uh, depending if you consume less than 50 kilowatt hour, the the tariff is lower. But if you consume more, the tariff increases. Now the difference with us is that uh, we charge an additional amount starting from 300 kilowatt hour, as opposed to as 50 kilowatt hour. And that I think it is a concern being raised by the community of Soweto to say the inclining block tariff affects them negatively because. They do not get to benefit like the rest of the industry. Now, it's something that we've raised with ESCOM. We've agreed to set up, excuse me, we've agreed to set up teams that would look into the issue and feedback in the next two weeks and we'd then be able to feedback to the community. Mr. Mayor, uh, just wrapping up with you, you're from Soweto. Um, do you think Soweto is expecting special treatment? We, we've heard reports that these meters have been installed in other townships with relatively little incident, and but in Soweto we're seeing this uh, uprising, uh, as it were. Is, is Soweto expecting special treatment? Is it acting like a spoiled brat? Well, I think that uh, it would be an exaggeration to suggest that it's the whole of Soweto. The problem has been concentrated in the land of us, and the issues being raised primarily relate to the tariff structure. Uh, and I think that, excuse me, to the extent that uh, there's a concern raised about the tariff structure, they must start issue to engage it. So I don't think that we can sit and say that when people can see their neighbors benefiting slightly differently, uh, that it would be unreasonable for them to engage. I think that the manner of engagement was unfortunate, but uh, no doubt I, I do think that communities... Uh, continue to enjoy the right to engage with their public representatives on issues that concern them about equity. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate your time. Uh, We will be leaving it there.
Um, good luck trying to sort this out. This, this seems like just a, a heavy issue. There's, there, there are a lot, there's a lot of complexity attached to it. So we, we hope that you'll find a speedy resolution. Thank you very much. It's the mayor of, uh, Johannesburg, uh, Mayor Parks Tower. You can catch him on Twitter as well. He is vibrant on this Twitter thing that, that we call a social media here. At Parks Tau C O J. So that's P A R K S T A U C O J. Uh, he, uh, will be answering. He answers questions. So if you, if you tweet him, he'll answer your questions around this. Very, very interesting discussion with him. Um, someone else who is, who has been quite outspoken in this issue, um, is an incredible sword of Soweto and activism within South Africa mm. is, uh, Brian Klongwa. Uh, he is the ANC chief whip for Gauteng. Yeah, and, and oh, what a job this guy has. <laughs> well, and the the interesting thing, in fact, we should ask him, you know, what does a chief whip do? But the interesting thing is his roots are in the Soweto Civic Association where he was an organizer. So it will be great to find out uh, how this compares to the to the 1986 uh, Soweto rent boycott. Uh, good morning, Mr. Mr. Tlongwe. Good morning to you and the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, uh, Brian. Uh, just give us a little bit of understanding as to what the chief whip of uh, ANC in Gauteng does. <laughs> well, uh, I guess as the name suggests, basically chief whips are there to ensure party discipline and implementation of party policy. And Ms. the implementation of the laws and operations of the parties in government. Should should the chief whip at this stage not be cracking the whip on Soweto uh, for for four billion rand of debt uh, that is unpaid and and still wanting to march, uh, refusing to pay? Is it, is it not time for you to pull out your whip, uh, Mister Tlongo? <laughs> well, I, I do not have a direct jurisdiction on residents. <laughs> I only with members, you know. So, so what, what, what does your jurisdiction allow you to do in this matter? Um, the ANC has said that it's marching to ESCOM on Thursday, uh, to demand that, that ESCOM, you know, behaves itself, so to speak, uh, with regards to this electricity crisis. But ESCOM has a business to run. It has to keep the lights on and it can't do that without, without us paying our, 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 our rates. So uh, how do, how do we deal with this and where does the ANC stand? It seems to be in two, in two camps. It is ESCOM. Uh, so to speak, but at the same time, it's also marching to ESCOM. So the ANC is marching to itself, uh, demanding that 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 the situation be resolved. Uh, how how do we resolve this? It, it's quite a complicated matter. From where I sit, I think we should be looking at the issue holistically. And the question, really, in as much as the challenges, specific challenges in all on the Western region. From where I'm sitting, I think the poor generally are faced with common problems across the country. The method that you have ESCOM, which is vertically and horizontally integrated, in other words, they're responsible for power generation, for transmission, for distribution, and in certain instances, reticulation at the local level. Now, given our own history, you know, uh, those of us who grew up in townships like Soweto, um, places like Alexander, where separate municipalities. As, um, structures like the Orlando, old Orlando Power Station, as you know it, which is located in the township in Orlando today, was supplying electricity in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg when the people of Johannesburg were not benefiting from the power generation. The result being that today we have a situation where parts of the city are 
supplied by city power. The other part, mostly the poor, is ESCOM. Now, if you have to look at issues of equity in terms of the cost of the same electricity, it's not the same. In fact, we are likely to be paying a better rate if you get a savings from city power living in the suburbs of Johannesburg, as opposed to people who are poor who live in Soweto. Now, what therefore we need to do, given the situation that we have some municipalities across the country who are providers of electricity, and then we also have ESCOM, how do we, through the National Electricity Regulator, ensure that tariffs are standardized and that we don't have a situation where some pay a higher rate compared to others? It's a complex matter. Lastly, we remember that there was an attempt, uh, and that process was abandoned for some reasons that are not clear in me, that the country was to be divided into regional electricity districts by getting to ensure equity. Now, the people of Soweto have a right to protest, really, as long as it's peaceful protest, because there are real issues that must be addressed. But I do agree that ESCOM, for them to keep the lights burning, is a cost, and they must be able to recover the cost. So the issue is how to get the balance right. And I think that process will unfold. So, Chief, we, Chief, where where do you stand on this? Where, you know, should they? What do we do? So, yes, all these things are forward-looking things that need to happen uh, in terms of rates and so on. But there's a four billion rand debt that needs to be addressed. Uh, what needs to happen? Well, I think firstly, the process should ultimately lead to a situation where the communities across the country, where we know that there are these parties, I don't believe that we must wait until people take it to the street. This thing is known. It's not like, you know, it's a new discovery. It's just that, you know, uh, this culture that, you know, for people's uh, grievances to be addressed, they must first take it to the street. I think it's a bad thing for the country. Sure. I think uh, whilst we have challenges of generation, power generation and supply, uh, we must deal with these issues of affordability. As you know, it's billions and billions and it's a number of municipalities across the country. So what is the sustainable solution? And I think the community representatives, municipalities, provincial legislatures, and indeed um, the Ministry of Energy will have to sit down and, and put a process in place to resolve this matter once and for all. But the 4 billion rand has already been incurred. Um, so moving forward, we can address affordability. 4 billion rand has been incurred. Uh, what is your position in terms of whether it gets paid or it gets scrapped? We've already seen that uh, two about 2.3 billion rand, if I'm not mistaken, was, was written off in Soweto electricity debt. Um, I think it was in 2000 or 1.6 billion rand in Soweto debt in 2003 was written off. Um, should we be, should, should it be a culture of constantly writing off? Uh, so. No, I don't think so. So, so. so are you of the opinion that this 4 billion rand should be paid? No, it definitely should be paid. Mm. At the same time, look, we, we must differentiate. You have a situation, uh, not only in Soweto, but across the country, where you have people, for instance, who access electricity illegally. Um, you can go to most of the informal settlements with stores the same. Now of late, there have been even shop complexes who have been found to be connected to the greedy legal So you have a situation where you have people who can pay and who should pay. You also have indigent people who do not use a lot of electricity, who might not have a swimming pool pump, who might not have a water user, who just basically have a two-plate stove and the, the rest is the light. 
whilst your fathers were wealthy with bridges, with washing machines, with hoovers, with microwaves, and all sorts of gadgets. So I think we need a differentiated approach. We have people generally who are poor, who are indigent, and these are the people that we need to talk about separately from those who can afford to pay and who should pay. Brian, just uh, to jump in here quickly, I really like what you're saying about people need to pay for the electricity used. Uh, so if you're using a pool pump and a geezer and a washing machine and underfloor heating and all those yeah. luxuries, then you should pay for them. Would you be happy if everyone in South Africa was put on to prepaid electricity and then had to pay for what they used? Absolutely, absolutely. So, for me, that's one part of the solution. Because some of the disputes about whether the mix is correctly or not, and then you have estimates and all of these things. I mean, you have people who are on pay as you go. You use your phone, your units are up, that's it, you top up. Let me ask you this, you know, there's, there's two major burning questions in my mind at least. Uh, prepaid meters have gone into Soweto. They've gone into other townships as well across the country. It seems like the other township uh, folk have, have accepted these prepaid meters, are using it happily. Why is it that now the local ANC um, municipality is saying we need to break out those those prepaid things uh, within only the Soweto district and municipality and, and not use prepaid electricity? Yeah, I mean, they, there are all sorts of forces at play there. You have people, as a matter of who are against the whole idea of prepaid, whether it's for water or for electricity. Uh, you'd know that the matter is the Brandon's first constitutional court at some point. Now, where I'm living, yes, in Joburg, for me, the preference is when I control my own consumption, I pay my electricity in advance, as a meter which tells me how much is left, uh, whether I must top up or not, control. And as a result, if you know what you consume, you're consuming and it impacts on your pocket, it changes your own behavior. You need to be more conscious. You don't leave lights on in rooms where there's no one. You, you know, you, you do your level best. But in a situation where it's like an endless supply, it affects behavior as well. You know, you can leave your lights on. Um, you know, there are all sorts of behavioral things. So I agree that need to find a solution. And I don't think that as a country in this age, we should have a situation where others are more equal than others. Is the ANC, um, specifically the local municipality of Johannesburg, encouraging Soweto residents to rip out uh, their prepaid meters? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. The issue that goes to the heart of the meter is equity. The tariffs must be more or less the same between city powers and People, I mean, you know, you have a family that lives on one part of the city, the other one. When people talk, how much are you paying? This is what I'm paying, and if there's no consistent, that would be a problem. Hmm. Zodwa Madiba um, from the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee. We're going to be speaking to someone from there in just a bit on Cliff Central. She accused the ANC, Johannesburg Region, of being opportunistic and trying to fool residents by organizing a march planned uh, by the ANC in order to channel their frustrations until after the local government elections. Your thoughts on that comment? I wouldn't say people are opportunistic. Look, the reality of the matter is nature allows for no virtue. You'd know that. Uh, there are issues. You must provide a platform to, to, for people to vent out their issues in a disciplined and organized way, as opposed to what we've seen you know, in the previous week, you know, where ultimately 
there's the subtext, transport, the barricades, and all of this. For as long as it's done in a disciplined way, uh, if there's grievances, they want to deliver a memorandum, by all means, let them do that, as long as there's no violence. I don't think it's wrong with that. <coughs> Chief Whip, um just wrapping up, you, you you obviously have your roots um, in in the Soweto Civic Association, um, yeah. where you were an organizer, and yeah. um, you know the the rent boycotts of 1986 were were, yeah. were in a sense a political strategy um, yeah. to render apartheid ungovernable and assure the collapse Absolutely. and assure the collapse of the apartheid system by making sure that the local authorities collapse. Now, d- does this particular situation create the risk? Uh, for, for for the ANC government of 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 Teng and and Johannesburg being ungovernable and is it is it is it likely or could it could we see it uh, resulting in the collapse of local authorities and you know being taken advantage of by your political foes? Well, you, you are raising a critical matter. I mean, if you compare the two time frames, you had undemocratic black local authorities which were actually post on. We have democratic platforms today. We have democratically elected councillors. But at the same time, the issue is, in as much as we are a democracy, to what extent are we responsive to the genuine needs of the people? That is always the testing of the democracy. And yes, if it's not properly managed and properly handled, uh, you are correct, it might lead into unintended consequences, which I do not think in this case is likely to happen. The mere fact that we have the ANC itself, because the ANC is part of civil society as well. You are correct, it is in government, but the ANC remains a civil-based uh, organization as well. So it must take up issues that affect its members, as long as they can be properly channeled, uh, and the idea is not to undermine the legitimacy of the, of, of the elected local government. Lastly, uh, from some of our listeners who are listening across different channels on WeChat, on Twitter, Brian, they're asking a, a whole bunch of different questions. I just picked up this one from Bradley Shaw. If money is owed um, to ESCOM, and which we agree we need to pay that money back in some way or form, why has the electricity or has the electricity been cut off to those users? And if not, why not? It's a fundamental question. The issue is called credit control, as you know. In the past, I mean, you know, you'd receive your own individual bill and you'd get a notice if you don't pay, they'll cut you off. But over time, you know, communities have organized themselves. You know, an injury to one is an injury to all. In some parts of our townships, unfortunately, you can't do that, you know. The very people would come to try and cut off the chase away by leading to violence. But the principle is, you know, I subscribe to the user pay principle, and indeed, it should apply to everybody else. But there are practical and logistical challenges at times. All right, Brian Schlongwa, thank you so much. Chief Whip of the ANC in the Gauteng Legislator. We really appreciate your time. We know yeah. you're a busy, busy man. And I appreciate the fact that you think that I know so much, as you know this, as you know that. <laughs> I really appreciate that you think I'm that smart. Uh, but thank it's you so much for speaking to us, and I'm sure we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Brian Tlongwa, uh, apologies, Chief Whip of uh, the ANC in the Gauteng Legislature. What a job that guy has to do.
I mean, I agree with him that everyone should be, I'm happy with everyone being on prepaid. I think it's, it's a great system. I think, um, the rich people will find an app that they can directly load their prepaid money onto so they'll, they'll never run out of electricity. But then you pay for what you go for and everyone is equal. I think it's fine. And if I don't have a job, I'm just left out. Well, you, you see, this is, this is the, the beauty of electricity, I think, right? Is if you don't have a job, so we gotta make, we gotta make a plan for people that are, are really poor, you know, and, and, and don't have any opportunities to become economic participants. But if you're really poor, you don't have the geezer, you don't have the, the swimming pool, you don't have, uh, the washing machine, the underfloor heating and so on. So you'll use it less. So you'll pay less, which is the most important yeah. thing, right? Pay, pay less and, and pay are two different things. So, so I don't have a job. So, so you're still wanting me to pay. Even your less is a lot for me. And, and, and maybe I live in a house that has all of those amenities. You know, I lost my job and so on. You know, what, what do you say for, to me? I think that you're 100% right. I think we do need to make some kind of concessions. Um, to people who, who aren't working, who don't have money coming in, who are reliant on grants, for example, because that's the only way that they're going to become economic participants, right? If you have electricity, access to things like the internet, uh, a telephone line, that's the only way you're going to look for jobs, right? You're going to find things. I mean, mm. there are other ways, but you're going to help people get better and become uh, economic participants. I'm totally in favor of that. But let's be honest. Soweto is one of the richest townships, if not the richest township in South Africa. Do you agree? I don't because I think what we tend to get wrong is that Soweto is the, just this one single, you know, homogenous township. Soweto is an amalgamation of a number of different uh, townships. So there might be areas that might be rich, but in the same sense, there might be areas that, 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 that are very poor. So, so I think we need to, we, as we speak about these things, we always need to be careful of, you know, what part of Soweto are we speaking about? I like about, your thinking. Right? I like your thinking. So, so we should split stuff up a bit. So, for example, somewhere like Orlando West um where a lot of of uh, young rich people have moved back into townships or have grown their their wealth in in that specific part of the township should be paying for the electricity right whereas maybe people who are on protea south uh, for example who have nothing should be one of these concessionary spaces yeah but uh, you know then that that creates the issue of how do we know you know who who who's who and who's who you know how do we make sure that uh, this person can't genuinely can't pay. I think there's also, you know, we speak about the responsibilities uh, that that government has to the to the citizens, but we also need to speak about the responsibilities that the citizens have towards government, making sure that the, the electricity that's consumed gets paid, but also making sure that there are no illegal connections. I mean, a, a lot of this, the problem is not necessarily that, you know, you might have a person who does not have a swimming pool and all of those things, but has five illegal connections attached to mm. to his connection. So, so where's the role of the citizen in making sure that those illegal connections don't happen, so that we we're not we're not left in a situation where everybody starts suffering uh, for the sins of for the sins of of a few? All right, someone uh, another civic organisation that that we just spoke about when uh, speaking to Brian was uh, the Soweto Electricity Crisis Community. On the line uh, from uh, that organisation is Bobo Makoba. Uh, Bobo, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, beautiful Wednesday morning. Uh, just give us a little sense of what the Soweto Electricity Crisis Community stands for. Okay, the Soweto Electricity Crisis stands for uh, the people who uh, are fighting for electricity. Basically, uh, it started in the early 1999, whereby ESCOM was cutting off the community of Soweto. 
Uh, so he managed to cut a lot of houses. Then that's when the Ifruit Electricity Crisis Committee was formed based on the crisis of electricity. Uh, Bobo, why do Soweto still need to rely on organizations like the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee to represent their interests when we have a democratic ANC government in power? Surely, surely, uh, government should be taking the people's concerns up and shouldn't, we shouldn't need an intermediary like, like, uh, like the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee? Why, why the need for an organization like that? Oh, the need for the organization like this is because, uh, it, you know, people voted ANC into power uh, prior to thinking that everything will be run fairly as they were promised by the Freedom Charter that there will be free electricity, free water, free sanitation, free education. But due to uh, the time when goes by, uh, ANC has failed the people whereby uh, now they have to pay for electricity. So that's why People are relying on the FECC because the FECC uh, is giving them a hope to to fight for their rights, not their rights to be deprived by the ruling party. Bobo, I'm I'm interested. I'm reading a little bit about some of the the discussions that you've had online and in the media in the last little while. One thing I wanted to ask you is if prepaid electricity was implemented in homes across South Africa, would you guys then be would you guys then be happy uh, to to then pay uh, for your electricity, or is there still a problem there? That would be a problem. You know, normally uh, most of household or household in Soweto, many of them are run by orphanage uh, by orphans. Uh, senior citizens who are unemployed, surviving with a grant, with their pension grant, and the unemployed, so that will deprive their rights to electricity for the community. For instance, uh, the lead by example, what happened in Shawela after the installation of electricity prepaid? You know, people st- stood up and fight for their rights. Most unfortunately, it was already installed, and again the issue of Orlando West. You know, Orlando West is not an island of Soweto, but it's a part of Soweto, you know. As I've heard, maybe there's a guy who said uh, many young rich people in Orlando West. You know, you can't, we, we can't uh, assume that there's a lot of rich people in Orlando West because of there's this uh, Mandela uh, home and Sakum's Vilagazi Street, which brings trauma to Soweto, but uh, we, the FCCC, we are against the ele- installation of prepaid electricity because, one, people can't afford to buy themselves food, you know, to put food on a table uh, as we are unemployed. Then again, uh, how much will it cost? Because if they think of installing the prepaid electricity, at least they should start somewhere in the suburb, not in the township. Uh, uh, Bobo, how then? You, we we know that, for example, we've got infrastructure backlogs at ESCOM. Um, you know, we we need to increase the capacity of uh, power available for for distribution. Um, how must that be paid for then, if 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 uh, Sowetans do not want to pay for it? Okay, we have a solution to us that problem. It's better the government to install the solar energy, which will be cleaner, fair for everyone. You know, unlike using this fossil fuel like coal to burn for electricity, so 
I think the issue of electricity is a major sensitive issue towards the country because now uh, you've seen the past uh, few weeks and last week over the weekend we're, we're experiencing the low trading. Most unfortunately, many people in Toronto, most elderly, uh, are having asthma. They are so, they are, some are asthmatic, even some of our members, then they are living with the machines inside their homes, but Eskom didn't think or doesn't think of what is happening within our families when uh, they cut off the electricity unexpectedly. Last question, Bobo. Um, are Sowetans expecting special treatment? Um, you know, the other townships have accepted these prepaid meters, but it seems Soweto has a problem with them. Uh, wh- why does Soweto seem to be uh, expecting special treatment? Uh, should it not be should it not be paying like the rest of the, of of the townships? Okay, we don't want a special treatment in Soweto, but the only thing that we need, you know, is for the government. To come to the people and address the issue of electricity and ESCOM. You know, whenever NERSA uh, increases the price of electricity, it only affects uh, the communities, uh, mostly the poor communities, because they are charging highly expensive rates towards uh, the community of Soweto. In the suburbs, it's cheaper. In other big companies, it's more cheaper, you know. So I, I think everyone need electricity because we believe that electricity is a right, not a privilege. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bobo Makoba, the Secretary of the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee. Uh, we wish you luck in trying to resolve this. It's, it's certainly uh, an issue that affects many people, and we, we wish you all of the best. See, the interesting thing about uh, Soweto is I think they have a lot of good civic uh, organizations that actually speak up. So maybe it's not that Soweto is the spoiled brats, but maybe their voices are being heard more often than townships like Tembisa, Alexandra, and Deep Sloot. Yeah, you, you're seeing this this wave of active citizenship uh, seemingly in Soweto, um, but maybe they're being listened to because there's so many of them in power anyway. So it's just a phone call away, you know. So so there is that thing to say. Obviously, you will be heard if if you know that the person in power is your neighbor. Um, so I mean, the question still remains: Why Soweto? Is the one, you know, well, why is it not Atridgeville in Pretoria? Why is it not Deep Sloot in Johannesburg? Uh, why, 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 why isn't it Springs in the East? Why, why is it specifically Otogos in the East? Why, why is it specifically Soweto that seems to be, to be leading the charge? Well, let's ask a person in power then, uh, shall we, Rory? Just because we can do that, you know, as residents of Soweto here. Uh, on the line at the moment is, uh, DA Elect leader Muzi Maimane. Muzi, uh, congratulations on your win. Good morning to you. Good morning and uh, good morning to all your listeners. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Now, congratulations. The first question we need to ask is: Are you paying your electricity? I I do because it's it's the it's the social contract that we have with government to say that uh, we pay for services. Not only is it through our transaction monthly but it's also through our own taxes so are you, are you judging your brothers and sisters who uh, you used to live with back in Soweto days look i'm not i'm not i'm not judging that because actually <laughs> <laughs> actually the history that we've come from is that um in in pre-1994 i mean i i grew up in Soweto so i'm not uh, i'm not i'm not a hater as they, as they say but uh but but you know the struggle was about um breaking down that social contract, that agreement to say 
apartheid was such an evil system that now we have to break down the contract. Electricity's provision in Soweto has always been poor. It's not the first time that it is. Now, the difficulty for the ANC is that they continued that campaign uh, pre-1994 and post that. And now, unfortunately, you cannot break institutional capacity and hope that uh, you'll get different outcomes. So so the people of Soweto are arguing the correct cause, which is to say, look, electricity is a right, not a... Uh, uh, but it is, a, it is a service, and it is not always a guarantee for there are many other people that... Uh, are breaking down that don't have electricity. But we've also got to have a social contract that says, how do we pay for it? So I think uh, it's, up to, it's, up to, it's up to what the ANC does with this regard, for they brought us to this point. Musi, you, you were campaigning at some stage to become the premier of Gauteng. So let's, let's assume now that you've got the power to change this. You, you're in government. What, what would you do specifically uh, to address uh, the, the various issues at play here? So you've got Sowetan residents, and particularly before 2016. So the DA is in power. It has to resolve this issue. 2016 is coming up. Uh, you, you have elections that you want to win. Um, on the other hand, you've got ESCOM that's sitting with huge debt. Um, there's a social contract that needs to be reestablished and, and reinforced. Uh, how do you, how, what would be the practical solution that you would implement? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult situation. And I think in some ways, yes, the fight for prepaid metering is important and it would be helpful. But I wonder whether there couldn't be another midpoint that asks the question, what is an acceptable rate of payment that could be averaged out, averaged out across all residents? Because what you then do is you allow yourself the space to, to be in a contract with communities to get into the habit of payment, and people must be able to ask it. Because it's a diminishing resource. Um, it's the same for prepaid uh, water. How do you ensure that that becomes into play and you can ensure that that water is looked after? Because we can't just simply have taps running when, when, uh, with people just, just leaving it out. But there must be a flexible rate. That's a partnership. Understanding the historical injustice. What is the flat rate that you could put in place for communities to be able to say in partnership with government, we will come and bring this much because we've inherited a history. We can't deny the fact that there's a debt that's there. We've inherited it. But government must come on board and say there's this much and how much are residents willing to come up across as an average right across the way. Now, how do you, how do you uh, talk to your, your current constituents who are like, oh, my God, Muzi is saying that we now need to pay for other people's electricity. That's just unbelievable. My electricity bill so high. <laughs> Look, all of us. Do you like my accent there, Muzi? It's very good. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who constituents you ah, know. You do. Yeah. You know those people. You know those people, Muzi. You know those people. I know them. <laughs> but you know, you know. Look, there are sometimes people who we must understand in South Africa. The issue that's broken down is there is is the is the bad relationship between government and its people. And actually, to be quite honest. I also think the councillors in those particular areas are must be responsible because they fail to have a conversation with people about saying, here's the social pact we must put in place. Here's the relationship. Here's how we can supply electricity and how much we must look after it. And I do think across the board, ESCOM must never be given the exorbitant increases that they are looking for because, because actually it's going to become unaffordable for everybody else. And it's a failure of government policy that should have been implemented in the year uh, when, when the green paper on energy came out, the white paper on energy came on board and said, you are going to run out of power. Now what, what you're asking consumers to do is to fund the build program with ESCOM plus the transmission costs, which means that consumers are getting, are getting hit harder. 
and it's going to get worse right across the board. So the situation in Soweto, uh, the NC needs to be able to respond quicker to that because I'm almost certain this could broaden itself to other communities. Uh, Musi, we, we, we're going to have to, 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 to leave it there. We, we'd love to have you back. I think there's, there's a lot we need to talk about. But just a last question, Musi. You've just come in. You are the leader of the DA. Uh, the DA is, a, is an institution. Um, there's a lot of things there that uh, might not necessarily be moved by the leader. What will change? Uh, you know, you're speaking, you're still, we're still hearing about the ANC must or the ANC did this and so on. What is going to change under Musi Maimane in the DA? Practical things in quickly, sort of your elevator pitch on what practically are we going to see uh, change in the DA that's going to, to result in better results? Well, you asked me a question that had to do with an electricity crisis brought on by the NC. The key focus now is that we've got a new values charter and uh, the DA will be speaking more about what does freedom, fairness and opportunity mean. So that will be launched. In a couple of weeks' time, I'll be delivering a vision statement about the South Africa we want to see. So in many ways, we'll be building on to say, this is South Africa. This is really the country that we want to build. So that will get on. And then the third and most uh, crucial issue is that this is going to be a party that builds on a non-racial basis. We've always, we've got other parties trying to focus on the history of this country, and that's important and painful. But we've got to mature it to about the future of this country. So, 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 so that's a, that's, that's a key dynamic that will come on board. And then, and then we've got to talk about an, an economy that is more inclusive. We've got to get angry about different things. We're always angry about constitutional breakdowns, and that's important, but we've also got to be more angry about the plight of black students, as an example. And then, and then lastly, how do we talk about the safety of the people in this country? So, so all of those issues will become the focus of the DA now. We want to build a vision of governing in more places. We want to ensure that where we govern, we govern well, that the delivery of service is better than anywhere else in the country, and you can see that already. And then the last thing is about how do we become a more activist party so that you and many other people can get to know what the DA is about, because actually often People say to me, but we don't know. We don't know what you stand for. We don't know what your policies are. We don't even know who your leaders are. So it's going to be a lot more work. All right, Musi Maimani, the head of the DA. That's a nice little ringing title. Hey, Musi, we'll see you at Panyaz and Soweto sometime. Hey, come have a drink down that side. Don't forget where you came from. Thank you so much for joining us on cliffcentral.com this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, dear Bulula. Hey, that's Musi Maimani. Yo. Where, where does this leave us, Andrew Levy? I... <laughs> I'm lost, man. I think where it leaves us is there is two really interesting thoughts that have come out of our guests today. One is everyone should be on prepaid electricity so that it's equal and fair. I'm happy with that. The other is there's got to be some kind of policy put in place for people that can't afford, that don't have the income coming in, to actually receive or get an allowance of electricity that works for them. It's not everything. But it is at least the majority of free electricity, as they say. And to be honest, I agree with Musi. Like, you need to understand the country's history and be honest and say there are people that are still suffering from the injustices of the past. And let's support them in getting out of that. Why would I need to add to that? I think you have summed it up perfectly. <laughs> and that is it. I mean, one hour goes by so quickly on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much to uh, our guests, uh, Brian Hlongwa, uh, Musi Maimane, uh, Bobo Makoba. Makoba, and, uh, of course, the mayor of Johannesburg, Parkstow. What a lineup. Thank you to you, Rory. As always, very interesting man you are, huh? Hey? 
Thank you, Andrew Levy. You brought that voice. And you know what? I actually love your Barry White, uh, your Barry White tones. People have right? been saying that. I'm worried about when my voice goes <laughs> normal again. Listen, catch the podcast if you joined us just halfway through. Is, uh, is, uh, Soweto Kasi, uh, Alam, Amakasi. Kasi Lamakasi. Lamakasi. Or are they the spoiled brats of, uh, of, uh, townships in South Africa? You can go to www.cliffcentral.com. Rookies and rock stars are up next. Have yourself a fantastic day. Cliffcentral.com. Come on.